Welcome to Aftersight, your home for stories for people just like you. Your vision loss journey isn't something to be ashamed of. Take a listen. And that's the main thing I remember learning when I was taught the slack line when I still had vision is don't look at the line below you, but look at your anchor point that's solid ahead of you. If you want me to cook your dinner, you have to put somewhere to go. <laughs> and I suppose part of this was also my own trying to figure out who I was and how to be in the world in this very new way. Prop, I would say a potted plant because I get sad when the flowers would like wilt, mm. you know, oh. eventually. I'm going to say fresh cut flowers because then I don't have to worry about killing a plant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at taking care of These people all have the same thing in common. You. Their stories are for your encouragement, your determination, and your inspiration. This is Aftersight. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Aftersight. I'm your host, Penn Street. I hope your week is going well. Here in Colorado, we are in a deep freeze. Um, it's I think the high today hit about six degrees Fahrenheit above zero, so it's quite chilly outside. And I know that when this kind of cold makes things, um, you know, like taking your guide dog out <laughs> to go to the restroom, um, a little bit more difficult, but the good news is, is he goes a lot quicker. So I hope all of everybody is safe and warm. It's a great day to just snuggle up under a warm blanket on the couch and binge listen to your favorite podcast. So Today's guest is from an incredible organization called Insight, um, and I can't wait for all of us to learn more about it. Um, Insight is that really they're the connecting the dots for blind people and people who are visually impaired to find gainful employment. And as we all know, the unemployment rate is still, you know, really staggering for all of us. So. When we come back, Billy Parker will share what they're doing. And then also, you know, maybe there is some hope how we can lower that unemployment rate for all of us. So stay tuned, stay under your covers, and don't go away. You're listening to Aftersight with Penn Street, an AINC original podcast. If you enjoy what you hear, please visit AINcolorado.org for more shows, news, and articles read by our amazing staff and volunteers. If you have a question for Penn or would like to recommend a guest for future shows, please visit AINcolorado.org slash podcast dash guest. And now here's your host, Penn Street. Billy, welcome to Aftersight. Are you someplace warmer? You know, I'm actually, I'm in Alexandria, Virginia, and it is surprisingly oh. warm. It's about 65 degrees. Um, it feels nice. like a nice spring day here. So sorry to rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's okay. I can feel the warmth coming my way. <laughs> uh, I know you guys have had your issues with the with this. This winter has just been really kind of epic for everybody. So it has. Yeah. Well, Billy, I don't know if you've listened to Aftersight before, but I like to start off my show with just some quick kind of random questions so that people get to know you a little bit better before we dive in. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Jonathan Warnby. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Um, and speaking of winter, um, are you a winter person or a summer person? I am 
definitely a winter person. Love the mm. cold weather. Um, I guess it's easier to say when it's not nine degrees below zero, but <laughs> um, I do enjoy the winter time. Uh, that's awesome. Do you do winter sports? Um, well, I, I big basketball player and uh, and in football, but I guess they're not really winter sports. They're just played yeah. in the winter, I guess. Um, so not a big skier. Uh, I grew up mm. in North Carolina, so oh, okay. a lot of skiing being done. <laughs> Um, so, uh, if you consider basketball or football winter sports, then yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, are you visually impaired? I am not. You're not. Okay. Okay. And, and that's fine. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I kind of learned the hard way that I shouldn't take it for granted. So, um, are, do you believe more in experience or education is being more important? I'm definitely an experienced guy. I mean, education is very important. I think it's something you need as a foundation. But um, until you get out there and experience life, that's really where a lot of the lessons are learned. So I'm, I'm definitely about experience, you know, the, the uh, some of the, the good and bad because it takes both yeah. to learn. <laughs> yeah. If you had a secret superhero uh, skill, what would it be? Oh, ah, that's a good one. I feel like that's a question I always have with my kids. Um, back and, forth. Um, and I, I think we, we always ended up um, with being able to um, maybe travel through time. It's always oh. been one that seemed pretty cool. So mm, I like that. I like that. And then Jonathan might have warned you about this one, too, is music is really important to me. I use it a lot in just setting the tone, regardless if it's, you know, playing you know, something like Dolly Parton <laughs> waking me up in the morning uh, for my alarm clock to listening to, you know, meditation music when I go to bed. So music plays a big part throughout my day. Uh, what is, if you had a theme song, what would it be? Oh, wow. That's a, that, that's a goat one. Um, Ease. <laughs> Won't back down. Tom Petty, maybe. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I love that. That's how, that 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 always tells me a lot about the person, probably more than they think. So that's great, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Billy, what? Tell, well, first of all, tell us more about Insight, and then and then we'll kind of dive into some of the questions. So, Insight was created uh, a little over two years ago. And it really was founded and expanded out of what is the National Industries for the Blind. Uh, it's been around over, gosh, over 80 years. But National Industries for the Blind is where I first started working. I've, and I worked there about 13 years. And uh, two or three years ago, NIB really wanted to be able to expand into other areas uh, beyond what they were doing um, and work to kind of roll out what's now Insight as its own nonprofit. And what Insight's able to do is really reach really into the community and work on all levels with the businesses, um, individuals. We do a lot with book rehab. It really gave us a lot more flexibility to focus on the employment piece of individuals who are blind. Mm -hmm. So that's where we put a lot of our focus and, and rolled out the program around two, um, 2020, which was a very interesting year. Um, but yes. uh, the timing um, kind of worked out well for us in the fact of a lot of things started going virtual. And a lot of our training and employment opportunities are virtual. So the timing kind of worked out well for us. Okay. Can you give a little background on um, the National Industries for the Blind, too? Sure. Uh, the National Industries for the Blind uh, is really focused. Again, it's about 80 years old. It's been around a long time. 
their primary focus is working with the federal government and they do a lot of contracts where they'll get um, contracts with the federal government and work with associated agencies around the country, which we have close to 100, um, around 90 agencies that are out there that then get contracts and the individuals who work on those contracts are blind and visually impaired. So a lot of that business is really focused within the federal government, which is great. Um, and it's been really effective and um, we've had a lot of success there. But with that, we definitely wanted to be able to expand into other areas in the private sector community as well, because there are a lot of other opportunities. So Insight um, kind of provided that opportunity. That's great. That's great. Um, can you share like why you got interested in this field as, you know, as a career? Absolutely. It's, you know, Penn, it's actually a kind of an interesting story. I, I, I tell everyone, we, we all have an interesting story of yes. how we kind of get into disability and employment um, for various reasons. So uh, my story, really, I um, originally from North Carolina and uh, a little over 20 years ago, uh, I was working in politics. I, I was a political science major. I was a political guy. Um, and eventually had to come out to Washington, D.C. to work and uh, put in a few years. I thought it would be a few years in D.C. and then move back to North Carolina and, and start back with some of the local government stuff I was working on. And, um, you know, ended up meeting my wife here, settled into uh, the D.C., <laughs> Virginia area. And from that, uh, one point in my career transitioned and actually worked with the um, Bush administration and ended up at the Department of Labor at their, oh. um, um, at OJEP, which is the Office of Disability Employment um, Policy, to work as their chief of staff there. And it, it just so happened I ended up there. So when you're, oh, okay. you know, you're working in administration, you don't know where you're going to land. And um, I just so happened to land there. And as soon as I got there, I just loved the mission. Um, I have some personal connections in the disability community. And it, I just had a real passion for what we were doing there. And so when my time ended um, with the administration and they you know, literally escort you out with your box when they're the new administration's <laughs> committee, and I'm like, well, I've got to do something yeah. now. Um, you know, I, I, I made a decision that I, I definitely was ready to move on from politics. I mean, I, I was kind of done with that. And that was a great decision, <laughs> probably to move on. <laughs> but um, I, I worked the National Industries for the Blind. They were one of the many organizations I'd been working with. Love their mission. Um, they were, at, at the time, and they still are, I think were very innovative in what they were doing for as employment. Um, they were looking at the new types, you know, professional level jobs that were going to be out there. And, um, you know, that was the first place I went. And they just happened to be rolling out a, a training program that needed someone to run. And I kind of made that transition over and I, I haven't looked back since. And I, wow. I, I just have a real passion for disability employment. Able to use, it's still very political. <laughs> um, yes, it is. Um, but what I love <laughs> about it and what I loved about working in disability employment, even when the two parties were coming together and everybody came together, we were all trying to achieve the same mission, maybe in a different way, but we all wanted to achieve the same mission. And I love that. And um, so it's become a real passion for me. And that's really kind of where my focus is today. The, the unemployment rate is so extraordinary with people like me who are blind and visually impaired. And I really haven't heard of that 
going down. Um, so it's awesome that there's places like, you know, National Industries of the Blind, um, Insight. I know even here in Colorado, uh, we have Blind Institute of Technology. So I know that there's some movement going on, right? But it, it still seems like that unemployment rate or even underemployment rate. Cause I have, you know, I know people who have their law degree who, who are not practicing law. They're, they're doing jobs that are, are not what they were trained for and that they would like to be, you know, in the law, law field. What, what, what's going on on like your side that, how are we going to move that down to lower rates? And that's a great question. And, you know, I've been doing this for a while now. Um, and you're right. We just seem to sit around that 70% mark and it just does not yeah. seem to come down. And it's frustrating um, for for those of us who are into this. We're recruiting and we're, we're, we're trying to move it. But I can tell you, I, I definitely, you know, I don't know how much, you know, that number's coming down or if it's still hovering. But what I do know is, you know, where the impact can come is by one person at a time. And, and that's where I've just kind of had to change my focus, to be quite honest with you, because it was frustrating me so long. I got to the point, it's like, it is not moving. I, are we really changing things? And then I started seeing the individual stories come and happen. And that's one reason I love what I do with this program, because we work so closely with the individual. So what I can kind of say about that on you know, seeing that transition, I definitely think the number is going to come. It's, it's slowly coming down, but I, I think you hit right on it, Penn. It's not just that unemployment number coming down. It's making sure people are, you know, employed at the level they should be. And it's in, an, yeah. in, in a job they want to be doing. Uh, that's usually yeah. the first question I'll ask them when, when they come into our, some of our programs is, you know, usually their response is, hey, you know, what jobs do you have? And, you know, because I want to apply. And I'll say, hey, that's great. Right. But what do you want to do? You know, what's your passion? Yeah. What's your degree? In? Um, what do you want to do? And then we really try to target that into where they go for their employment. And it, it, right. it really makes a difference. And it, it's really changing because there was a sense of desperation um, coming into it. And I can understand. And, and just in the, gosh, 14, 15 years, you know, I've been doing a lot of this. I've seen it go from there's not a lot of opportunity to now there are professional programs that offer that. And that's really where yeah. insight comes in. I love when you kind of did the introduction. You said something. It's like you read my mind, Pim, because I, people ask, what do you do? And, and I, I actually say I connect the dots. That's what I do. Oh, connect the dots. Okay. It's that simple. And it's taking the individual I talk to or work with who's incredibly talented um, and has a lot of potential and connect them whatever resources they need to have to reach that full potential. And it mm -hmm. ranges, right? So, I mean, individuals have lost their vision early in life. I know you experience losing your vision early in life. Other individuals lose vision later in life, uh, in middle yeah. career. Uh, you know, and all right. it, it changes. Um, yeah, you have to pivot and you have to adjust. And those individuals we're working with and figuring out, okay, what are we going to do next? So we really come in, and insight's great because what I love about insight, again, I've been doing this a long time. Yeah, is really one of the only organizations I can think of that run the whole continuum. 
It is the whole process. We identify, we're training, we're placing, and we're supporting. There are a lot of organizations out there who do amazing things, and we work with a lot of them because I really believe very strongly in partnership and collaboration, and we have to work together. We're all trying to see, let's work together and do it together. We're not competing against one another. Um, Right. But what we do, we're kind of doing it all. So some people are really, really good at part of that, maybe recruitment. Some are really good at training. Right. Some are really good at employment support. Insight, we do it all. So we're on the we do it all. Yeah, we're at the very front end of the individual. We have a job board called Insight Connect that we developed. Um, really excited about this because it is, if not the only, one of the only job boards specifically for individuals who are blind. That that's all we have on the job board. It's not all disabilities. It's only for individuals who are blind. Mm. Uh, we have some veterans on, but it's mostly individuals who are blind. And this. The reason we have it that way is so we can put our complete focus on that. We we know we're not experts in all disabilities, so we know that. Right, but right. This is what we know. We know this very well. So we try to stay in our lane here on this. And with that, um, we're able to kind of come in and focus. So we take that and get individuals to hopefully post their resumes. And, you know, that's why I was really excited about doing the podcast, because one of our biggest considerations yeah. is, just getting out the message. It's like we're here. Absolutely. We have all these resources. Um, well, for <laughs> talent, you it's a free resume place to put your resume. And then we can right. in and connect them with jobs. So we're working with corporate America. We're working with other agencies, government, and having them go in and put their jobs and not just list their jobs. We're working with them to make sure their jobs are something they're going to fit well within the community. And they are right. trying to hire for. I see enough job right. out there where they post a lot of jobs, but not really hiring. <laughs> um, right, exactly. It's so frustrating when you go in there. Right, hiring. right. Um, and then, yeah, because I do think I, I'll just interrupt. No. So there is that whole aspect that, and I hear a lot about it. Is and I actually get asked to speak on this topic is to educate employers yes. about. Why should you hire somebody who's blind? And I always say, you know, we're an asset to you. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it always shocks me the belief systems that are out there that employers have about not just hiring somebody with a disability, but specifically hiring people who are blind or visually impaired. That, you know, you hit on a really big issue. And, you know, I, I was, a, I've been able to, kind of leverage and kind of tap into some of the time I had when I was at um, Department of Labor. I had an opportunity to work with a lot of businesses and have really candid conversations on just that. Why why aren't we seeing more employment? And that was more general disabilities, but on disabilities. And right. But it's a lot of yeah. the same reason that you have here. And in the candid conversation, really what it is, it's, 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 some, it's some fear because they don't they don't want to do it wrong. They don't know what to do. Right. So they don't do anything. And it's mm-hmm. it's not as much a they don't want to, they don't know how. And you have to really simplify the process for them to, to actually go through it and do it. And you know, that's what we've learned. So it's you don't know what you don't know. And right. you know, believe me, I listen, before I got in this field, I've never seen Jaws work. And it blew my mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? So if you're a business, so I remember, um, you know, 
Penn, we were, I was, I was working on a program actually with Boeing and we were working on getting someone on to manage contracts at Boeing and they were blind. And we were sitting down with a pretty large division of, of contract administrators to kind of talk about this. And I walked in the yeah. room and, and I know, I know the questions everybody's wondering is how somebody blind going to do this? I know that's what right. <laughs> the first thing I do is my colleague who happens to be blind and, and uh, goes up and we have a large screen and everything set up and he goes on with Jaws and, and closes the box <laughs> and everyone yeah. just looks at each other and they go, well, that answers that. <laughs> and we go, they go, okay, great. That's awesome. And press the issue, but they were never going to ask the question, Pan. They would have never said, yeah, hey, I know. I'm going to close the contract. What they really raised right. is, wow, that guy's really sharp. <laughs> he understands, you know, the FAR and contract language, and he'd be a benefit to our organization. Um, oh, yeah. And it so happens, how's he going to do it? Well, he uses the software called Jaws, and this is how. It yeah. Works. But we had to kind of do that. So that's kind of an example, and that fits into what we do. It doesn't start stop with the hire of the employee because what I see happen a lot, and is really frustrating for everyone. The individual finally gets yeah. a job, and everybody goes, "Yay, this is great!" And they all right, and they go on the job, and the the employer might not know what type of assistive technology they needed. They don't know what to order. The individual didn't know how to communicate it. Um, maybe the system wasn't accessible going in. It wasn't quite ready. There are a lot of things that yeah. happen to make this not work out. And it would be a real shame because the person could probably do the job fine if all those things were addressed up front. So we come right. in and address those things, uh, make sure everything goes smoothly um, when they're hired on the job. Mm. That's awesome. I do believe that you, you know, it is one, one, one person at a time. And I'm hoping that that does change because you know, like this person you were talking about with Boeing, well, now maybe Boeing will be seeking out hiring people who are blind and visually impaired now that they have, you know, see what that skill level is. Um, are you seeing, I know it's fairly new, but are you seeing that like some of these bigger corporations, you know, being more likely to hire somebody who's blind and visually impaired? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think one really great example um, of that, we're actually partnering right now with Bristol-Myers Squibb, and um, we, we uh. developed a program and it's in sourcing. Sourcing is essentially kind of like recruiting. So individuals go into our sourcing program and they get a certification and basically teaches them how to be a recruiter. It's kind of the entry point to do that as a career, career path. And we love this field, one, because it can be done remotely. It's upper mobility. Right. Um, it's something that individuals' skill sets can transfer into. So we've built this training program to do that. But to make this effective, the back end of this, we have a six-week um, um, internship essential experience. So it's a work experience with the individuals that Bristol-Myers Squibb has collaborated with us on. So there are part mm -hmm. So our individuals, we finished one class, the individuals have gone through, they're actually starting their second group um, just this week, but we have around six to seven individuals, sometimes it's more, it could be a max around 12, that would go through and work with the team at Bristol-Myers Squibb on how to be a recruiter, hands-on. 
So at the end of the six weeks, so with our first group, they made several offers, which uh, I think three offers, um, two or three offers were on the table, so which were great. And then um, we have the others that now have work experience that put on the resume of working for Smart Swift and connections that trans transition over. So that's kind of one example of, and, and what I, I see is really changing things, Penn, is it's kind of narrowing down the scope, right? It's okay, Bristol Myers right. does a lot of different stuff. <laughs> um, so let's say, okay, where, where's your biggest needs and where can we put that effort? Well, Insight has developed IT training programs. So we've got individuals getting CCNA certification, so advanced IT. We have leaders. We have individuals who know contract management. So we're working on specific career fields and paths. So then when we partner with like a Bristol Myers Squibb, we say, hey, you have jobs in these areas that you're looking for candidates. And it's a great fit because we're bringing them in with training. And then a company like a Bristol Myers Squibb could take that training and leverage it into some job experience. And it works out for wow. So, you know, and they're not the only company, but, you know, I definitely have a big shout out to Bristol Myers Squibb on that one because, you know, they definitely stepped up to the plate and um, it ended up being a great experience for all of us. And at the end of the day, they're going to end up with probably some staff on their team that are incredibly talented and they're excited about that. Um, right. So it, it's a win-win on both sides. So could you kind of walk me through? So, I mean, I have a great career. I'm not going anywhere. I, I, <laughs> I actually and I and I love it. I have a great team. Um, so what what are the steps like sure. to kind of take me through the, the what your process is? Yeah. So it's the entry point. So insight.org. So N-S-I-T-E dot org. Um, if you go there, anyone who has interest, there's a link they can submit if they have questions or they want to apply. The best entry point is going from there to our job board and posting your information. What we have set okay. up as a process. So again, we're we're really focused on a specific community. So it we walk from the beginning to the end of the process with you. So we have an individual who's um, really kind of a career coach uh, type individual who mm -hmm. will come in as soon as you submit your information. Say, hey, interested to learn more about what you have. He'll work with you individually to kind of talk through what your resume is, what's your skill set, what do you want to do? Um, do we have any programs that maybe fit what you have right now? If not, how can we help you develop maybe kind of connections or resources to tap into other opportunities? So that individual work with you up front. From there, if there's a fit, you could transition over to any of our training programs that we have set up through what's called Insight U. And if you know if there's some opportunities there, if not. Just go ahead and post your resume on Insight Connect Job Board, and then we'll work with you as you are applying for jobs with different um, companies and organizations. But it's a process, you know. I've, um, right. you know, everyone's very, everyone's different, right? <laughs> so, right, you know, yeah. And I would tell candidates, you know, when they come in, sometimes, listen, I might not have the right fit for you today, but we are changing every day, and we're getting new opportunities. Yeah. Have companies call me every day that we may need this skill set here. So our database, the way it runs, we have everyone's everyone's got kind of an individualized breakdown of their skill sets. So we are able to kind of work with you through the process. So if it's not today, it's not tomorrow. It might be next week, it might be next month. But we're there through the whole process. And we're also there for the individual to kind of call back and kind of address how they navigate 
you know, kind of that job search. And we're there with a lot of additional okay. resources. I mentioned earlier, we're partnering with as many organizations as we can find because that, mm-hmm. that's kind of the, you know, what we want to be able to do is leverage those things. We'd love to be kind of the one-stop shop. You know, if yeah. you're looking for a job, come to us. We'll start connecting to all those resources. So then we'll start connecting. But it really is, I mean, you know, it's kind of where I, I put my political hat back on. Um, it's yeah. individual, right? It's, it's kind of the grassroots process. It's an individual right. process for each person. It, it's no one size fits all. Uh, so we, that's really how we attack this, uh, and it's, it's uh, working individually with each person to find the right fit for them and get them, you know, stay with them. And even after they have that job, we're still there. You know, you don't go okay. away. I always say once you're kind of with us, you're always with us as long as you want to be a part of yeah. the organization. <laughs> yeah. You're there all the time. Yeah. So um, that's that's kind of how we do it. It's It's kind of it's no simple answer, um, but try to make sure we have everything there to make sure the person's successful. At the end of the day, it's up to the individual. You know, we can okay. get them there. You know, you can provide the resources and opportunities. If they're ready, we can make, you know, we're there to hopefully get them there. If they're not ready yet, and sometimes that's the case, it's, they're just not ready yeah. to make that transition yet. That's okay. Um, when you are, they come back or if they need additional skills. They can come back to us later, or we can kind of get them those skills to when they are ready to transition over. And how much does this process cost? Great question. So if you're an individual who's blind and visually impaired, it's a free process. So our training, there is a cost on some of our training programs, not all of them, but but yeah. the majority of them have the training costs connected. Where we tie that in is working with VR as much as possible um, to help guide that process. We have a designated oh. staff person who helps you navigate that process. So for example, okay. if you don't have a case open in your state, uh, he'll help you work to get the case open and oh, collaborate nice. with those states. Rehab, listen, I, Voc Rehab has a very tough job. Um, you know, I know yes. they're understaffed and, and they have a lot yep. of stuff going on. So anything we can do to help them in that process, we want to do, but we also know they're an incredible resource. And um, so that's what we try to do. We help them get cases open. We navigate the, you know, what we need to do. Um, We are an approved vendor and I believe around 30 states right now already. So um, including Colorado, so we can work with individuals there. So, but we do not charge, it's not a charge for the VBI individual. And when there are times we don't have, um, you know, a opportunity to say the VR dollars do not come through, we're always right. looking for ways to help cover that. We have grant programs going okay. on right now. We're working on scholarships. So there are other avenues to help cover that. Okay. Our job board is completely free um, for individuals to put in that. They have enough on their plate um, to, you know, we don't want to put that other additional cost on them for okay. through this. Okay. Is because you know you you know you you have a political hat yeah. you still pull it off but put it on i am right. the same i i have many hats depending on what i'm doing sometimes i wear several at the same time is there so one of the things that i've i've noticed myself as well as in you know friends that are blind and visually impaired is that the system seems to be set up to to live in poverty if you're blind and visually impaired. You know, because if you're blind and visually impaired, you get that small, it's not very much, 
But they, you know, when you turn 18, you, they shove you into the system that you get X amount a month, which you're so poor, you qualify for all these other resources and services and insurance and all that kind of thing. So they really set you up to live in poverty. Is there anything being done politically? And does, and I know I'm part of the National Federation of the Blind and the American, you know, AFB, all these different other organizations <laughs> that are trying to change that. And, and they have a little bit. Um, like I know here in Colorado, they, um, you know, we have what's called Medicaid buy-in. Right. I don't know if it's a, a nationwide thing so that you can buy into Medicaid. So you can keep that insurance um, if you do become gainfully employed up to a certain point. And, but what's, ha it always drives me in crazy that it's kind of that cliff, right? Yes. Like you, you, you know, it, it, what's going on? Like, is there, are there any things out there government-wise, political-wise, that's changing that? You know, I, I know a lot of conversations being had. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, at a, a whole nother level. And probably the reason yeah. I got out of politics because my frustration level was pretty high <laughs> with that um, because we just keep going in circles. And yeah, I, again, I mentioned earlier, you know, I think everybody wants to kind of achieve, you know, the same goal, but they do it with different approaches and it just keeps us going in circles. So what I what we're trying to the way we're trying to address it, I can at least kind of talk to that. Because you're absolutely right. right. I mean, it's it's a lot of assumptions being made on, okay, well, if you're on this, you know, you know, you don't have to work or well, one thing I know, most people want to work. That's they, they yes. want to feel, they want to work. And guess what? The yep. talent level in this community is incredible. <laughs> it's absolutely yes, incredible. I know. Um I know. So I I say a lot. It's it's it also has to be a certain level job, right? So right, you know, and that's what we've really been targeting is professional level jobs. So you know what we focus on. I mean, we we work on all employment, but the types of jobs yeah. you you kind of in training programs you hear me talk about are more advanced professional jobs because you know, it's worth. It, it's scary to leave and get off that, but you have to make a right. amount of money to do that. We, yes. we try to focus to make sure those type of jobs we develop in training give you that security that you can leave because the open mobility is so high. Um, and it's yeah. what we talk about. I talk to a lot of candidates. Sometimes you have to take a step back, just take a step forward. And it's scary, yeah. but, you know, ultimately, you know, you can be successful that way. And it, you're right. It's a shame the system's designed in a way that it has to be a scary choice to make. Yeah. Because um, it is. Uh, and it's a risk. It's, it's definitely a risk. Yeah. Which yeah. we're trying to do is limit that as much as possible. Um, of making sure your job is something that makes it worth it. So, for example, when I say like a CCNA IT certification, I mean these jobs, you know, start around sixty thousand and can go maybe way much higher than that. So, right. Um, it's 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 a good point to go into, and the yeah. careers have upper mobility tied into it. But it is a frustration. And I, I talk to individuals quite a bit who want to make that change. They want to go into a career and they, you know, it, it's that fear of if I leave this, then there's no guarantee. And I cannot give right. guarantee. And I would love to be able to do that. So I would love to have a simple question. I, it's no easy answer. <laughs> I know those conversations are being had again, but 
I got to be honest with you, Penn. They were having those conversations when I was at the Department of Labor all those years ago. I know. Where we are today. I know. Um, so I know. It's 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 um, you know, I'm hoping that you know, kind of the uh, you know, it, it kind of individuals kind of come up with a solution that that's good for all. Uh, but for now, I think we just got to keep focusing on individuals. One one thing I would definitely say. You know, I, this generation gets beat up a lot, right? The millennials and they get beat up. A yes. Lot. <laughs> but, I mean, they're, they're different. But one thing I'll say about yeah. them is I work with a lot of college students and, and younger individuals. They're not scared of anything. They, they're they going right. to go after it. They're not going to settle. Yeah. And they're going to go after it. Yeah. Particularly millennials with disabilities. And I love working yeah. with them. So they are, yeah. they, they've set their goals high and they're not going to back off until they hit them. So I, right. I'm, I'm, the future is great. You know, the future is yeah. really, really good because they're not going to settle for that. They're not. Right. Right. Things are going to have to change. They're just going to have to. So I, I think the future is going to be some improvement, but it's going to take some time. Um, but uh, I, I love what I see you know, coming up, um, you know, moving up the ranks with some of the individuals I'm working with. So impressed. So you had mentioned that you that you work with college students. So how do you, how does Insight incorporate, you know, these students? Absolutely. So I've, um, so I've had a great experience working with the organization. I don't know if you're familiar with a group called AHEAD. Um, it's kind of like an association no. for disability service coordinators uh, at all college campuses. So one of the questions I had early on in this process, Penn, was how do I connect with college students? You know, Specifically, individuals who are blind. It's such a small kind of select group on these college campuses. So, right. at the end of the day, this this group ahead, um, it, which you know work with the disability service coordinators, was really great avenue. Um, eventually, I actually became. Um, I just recently resigned, but I was uh, co chair for this special interest group on blindness. So, we had an opportunity to kind of work with individuals if they had students who were blind and wanted employment opportunities or needed help in what they were doing. They would come to this group. So we kind of had a one touch point for start working with students. So my piece of it was employment. So, hey, when you graduate, this is kind of what you're going to, you know, areas you can look into. And then we had other individuals. My co-chair, she worked with the university. She helped them navigate kind of through the process. Um, so that was one touch point we had um, at, at that time. Um, and then we just network. I mean, you know, things, things like okay. podcast, But just getting out to the community and say, hey, we're out there. Um, we're available and, you know, should take care and leverage some of these resources. So once you have that degree, you land, because ultimately you need that job. Um, you have to use it. Right, Your right. parents want to make sure you use that degree. Right. Um, so, yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, so we we come in to kind of get them from point A to point B on that. And, of okay, now I'm leaving school. What do I do? And, you know, one of those things we do, which is really interesting, Pan, is, We've created a um, IT training program, and I say IT is it's more of an AT right. technology the slash IT okay. program called Promote uh, Professional Mastery of Office Technology for Employment. So I'm saying that it's okay. not really fast. It's, it's it's not easy. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> Promote is really designed, and we created it because there was nothing else like it. We kept running into situations. We have highly educated individuals who are ready to work. They would get the right. job and their Microsoft skills weren't up to par. They never use Microsoft oh. in life. They either use Apple, they use you know, Mac, they you know, they yeah. never use Microsoft. 
So now you just... Yeah. I, ha- I do have to say Microsoft is my least favorite. Well, it is. And we get to pass <laughs> what offices is, right? So... Look, I know. I know. Day, I, I learned. I know. Because that's what they keep telling me. But I don't like Microsoft. Yeah. Like, I, know, I know. But, you know, most major offices, <laughs> that's what they're going to use. And Exactly. So, including ours. <laughs> so we did. We designed a program. It's a four-week program. We have five locations. Uh, some, some of the agencies we work with around the country who do this. But they'll train you on how to use. It's it's really um, one of our guys, AT instructors, he you know, if you call it AT training, he gets really mad because he's right. It's teaching you how to use Microsoft <laughs> with, you know, your assistive technology. All the key commands, right. PowerPoint, Excel, everything. Um, so yeah. you go in, you're moving at a pace that's, you know, you know where you need to move um, in that office environment. And you're, you're set up right. to be successful. And it's been great, but it's something we had to learn, you know, through the process. Oh, we're missing this. <laughs> we have to build it right. and create it. So we did. Right, right. So, since you were, you know, you were talking earlier a little bit about millennials. Um, what's the, what do you, what are you seeing as sort of the trend is the most sought after career for people who are blind or visually impaired? Good question. Uh, I would, I really say the IT industry and, you know, it's, it's oh. something you know, I kind of always said it's, it's a little bit of a natural fit for an individual who is is, is blind and visually impaired because to be successful as someone who's blind and visually impaired, you have to learn technology. You have to. Um, right. There's no way around it. And believe me, if someone told me I had to learn dolls, I would be done for. It's just no way. I don't think. <laughs> but you know, it, but it, it, if you want to be successful, you have to do it. And we have, um, you know, with that technology, and I think that's what's changing everything is having those resources, you have to get good at. It. Because of that, right. you're really good with computer and learning those skill sets. The IT field has taken off so much so we have created, I think we're up to three or four IT type training programs we developed. Oh, entry wow. Level, all the way to advance. And we partner with wow. these programs. So to make sure, you know, as they navigate through this, and again, that program's beginning to end. So even after they finish, we help them as they get their certification. Uh, and it's a certification. So that, right. you know, they can transition that over um, and they can build on that. But I, I think we've had a lot of success in that area. And the individuals I've been working with over the years, I can see it trending that direction. Um, as well as, I mean, the recruitment thing's really taken off, to be quite honest with you, because yeah. everyone's IT. I'm not an IT guy. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not an IT guy. But recruitment, I, I could do recruitment. Um, so, you know, we developed kind of that area. But we're always looking for what's the next thing. And we're, we're you know, a right. lot of research being done, too, so we can stay ahead of the curve on this. Um so, you know, if you have any ideas, let me know, because we would be happy to create a training program to fitting if you have any. <laughs> right. I, I know that there is a huge shortage of teachers, no matter yes. what, but there's definitely a huge, huge gap in teachers that are actually teaching um, the blind and visually yeah. impaired. Yeah. And it's, have you, have you talked about with your team about because because if these kiddos aren't getting the training from you know preschool, yeah. um, how are they even going to make it to the level you know to even be part of insight? It's definitely part of the conversation. Um, 
And I'll throw this as a partner we work with. We work with American Printing House quite a bit as a partner. Oh, yeah. They do a ton in the school. So we, you know, so they're working kind of more in that area. And we're kind of pulling our resources in to share what we have. And they are doing the same with us. Um, and, okay. But that's kind of kind of more their area. But it's definitely part of our conversation. Because, I mean, that's ultimately where things are going to change, right? I mean, it, right. It, it's, it, it really is. Um, so, yes, it's definitely part of our conversation. I think more we're on the back end than the front end um, right now. Right. Um, but we're still definitely part of that conversation. Well, at least you're part of the conversation. I mean, to me, that's the hard part, right, is getting people talking about this this issue. So... You had mentioned about how you, you know, Insight follows, you know, follows the employee that they don't just, oh, you have a job. Okay, great. Good luck. Is because I, 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 not, not in the position I have now, but in pretty much every single position I've had up until now is they hire me, you know, they know I'm blind and visually impaired. I usually bring my own tools to the table. You know, I've been through DVR, you know, they, they know it. You know, I, I know what I need to do the to do the work, but then I get there and I've, you know, my vision changes. So I need, you know, a little bit different equipment or software and the getting it one. I mean, I've learned, I mean, this is not my first radio, right? So <laughs> I, I've learned that I have to self-advocate right. or nothing's going to happen. But I also know the fear of, being in a position, and I have friends that this has happened to, of you're afraid to say something. You're afraid to say, oh, my gosh, you know, my my vision is worse. Yeah. Or or maybe you have another health issue, you know, where that, but you need a, a, to kind of pivot with those accessible tools. Do you guys, is that a situation that somebody could reach out to Insight and say, you know, I, I have a job and it's a great job, but my accessible needs aren't getting met. And maybe this is not the job I should be in, or it, maybe it is, but it, but I can't stay here if I don't get the support I need. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's kind of, you know, one of the last pieces on the, or, or kind of continuing the process is the support. And that's not just for the individual, that's for the business. So, mm. you know, in those situations, absolutely. They can reach out to us and say, hey, and ask for advice, too, because I know that's a tough question, yeah. right? And I, I work with a lot yeah. of individuals who it's interesting because, you know, it, it, a lot of individuals, you have no idea they're they're legally blind. You you would have no idea. Yeah. And yeah. they're at work and they ask me, they're like, my employer has no idea I'm legally blind. What do I do? And oh, I'm like, wow. I'm scared. I'm scared. It's, I'm like, well, you, you you know, it's either going to look like you're not hitting your performance level or you're going to need to share it. But you need to come with a solution to the table because right. most of this is not earth shattering. You're not asking. I think the average cost for assistive technology that an individual who's BBI is around $5,000 at the most. You know, so it's usually wow. not going to break the bank and it's going to help right. more of a productive employee. So we'll, right. we'll work with the individual and say, OK, you know, this is our advice for addressing it. Now, every employer is different, right? I, I you know, I, I, everyone's different. But um, yes, we're happy to kind of come in to kind of provide that support, but also assist as you have that conversation with the employer. Or hopefully we've had that conversation with the employer up front. Because 
Mm -hmm. A lot of times they just don't know what to purchase. They don't know what to ask for. They don't know what the cost is going to be. They don't know any of this and it just doesn't happen. (laughs) So (laughs) you have like an insight that can say, okay, guys, you want to have a really good employee. All right. And you want to be a good employee. We're, we're there, yeah. right? You guys have done all the awesome. hard stuff. You've hired them. You're here. You've learned. Now I'm <laughs> to give you the right tools. It's like taking my computer. Somebody walk into my office and taking my laptop away and go, okay, yeah. Like, I, you know, <laughs> hey, uh, so it's, you know, give them their laptop. Make sure they have their, you know, technology on it. And also, we'll do assessments to make sure they don't know what they need sometimes. They don't know. You know, I was just worked with an individual in one of our training programs and She's been using, you know, a large, I mean, just magnifying stuff, you know, what she could, right. basic software. She never heard of it. Oh, wow. Never heard of it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we're going to blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. But now she's actually, right now, she's in training. Uh, now, she did call me. She said, oh. wow, this is completely overwhelming. But it's great. <laughs> I love it, you know, um, because it's going to make things much yeah. easier for her. And uh, but she didn't know. She didn't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that's we our job is to be, you know, at the top of our game and know the most state of the art technology rolled out. We're supposed to know where things are right now and have the answers. That's our job. Our job is to have the right. answers. So when they come to us, hopefully we can connect again, connect those dots, um, make right. sure it's the right fit. Um, and it's, it, it's, it doesn't always work. Maybe it's a bad situation. Right. Maybe they really do have a bad manager who doesn't. Right. I, you know, sometimes things out of your control. But, you know, a lot of times what I've seen is just having a general conversation and it's not a complicated solution. If someone can kind of help have that conversation for them or give them some guidance on how to have that conversation. Right. 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 What are some of those first beginning, like you said, like IT tools that that they can even just start working on now? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, beginning is, and again, it depends on their vision level. Make sure you're using the type of assistive technology you need and and make Mm -hmm. sure you learn it it, 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 to, to to the point you are an expert because without it, you're going to plateau really quickly. And again, it's easy for me to say because I'm not the one learning it, right? And I tell people that right, all the time. Right. But then I will bring my colleague in who is totally blind and had to learn JAWS at a later point in his life, and he'll tell you the same thing. And he fought it for yeah. a long time. He said, "Listen, I'll, yeah. you know, I." He said, "I try to use Zoom text and Mac, it, and then when I finally switched to JAWS, it was much easier." So, um, right. you know, it would say, <laughs> "Don't put it off, embrace it, and once you do, it's going to open up everything for you." You know, but you have right. to have that as a foundation. One of the first things we do when people come in our training programs, we'll do an assessment on their skills. And if their IT ah. skills aren't where they need, you know, AT and IT skills aren't where they need to be, we'll say, hey, right. not yet. It's not a no. It's not. It's never a no. Yeah. Let's get you in the right training. Let's get your skills up to where they need to be. And then you're going to come right. back in here and we're going to get this done. Um, is part of that assessment their phone? Because it always oh shocks me <laughs> how many people have like the latest, greatest iPhone, but they only are using like text, like texting their friends or maybe making a phone call. I was like, do you have any idea how, how many, <laughs> how much more your phone could you do? Know, you? Uh, that's a really good point. So um, <laughs> We we do a, not a lot on the phone piece because again we're from a professional environment. A lot of our agencies do the phone, piece. right? 
Now, the millennials can teach you anything on that. They, they know every, yeah. every aspect of it. Um, and a number of our <laughs> staff know it really well. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's as simple as kind of, you know, one of our instructors, um, he's an expert in all this stuff. So a lot of times if I meet an individual like that, I'll say, listen, I got a schedule call with him and he'll go, hey, do you know about this? And he'll, he'll educate on it. And again, it'll be something simple, an app that they've never used before, that it, it right. completely changed everything. Um, it, yeah. it, you know, the level of technology now in the BBI community, it's it's. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And that's what's going to be right. That is what's going to bring, hopefully, the employment down, too. It's going to yeah. it's going to increase the opportunities based on technology. Well, Billy, I wish I wish I had known about it, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, you know, and but who knows? Maybe I wouldn't be where I am today if I had. But but I, I am so excited when when you guys reached out to us to do this interview. I was super excited because it was something I didn't know about. And. Now it's something that I can definitely share and excited for our audience to know what what would you like the takeaway to be today for the everybody out there listening? You know, really, the big takeaway is just for them to be aware we're here, you know, and really, um, you know, again, insight.org um, yep. is, is where to go. But, you know, take advantage because a lot of individuals just don't know where to start. So, you know, go in, get your resume list or just call us or send us an email and say, where do I start? Just start the conversation yeah. and then, you know, get the process moving. But that that's really kind of the biggest thing I have. And I, I so appreciate you providing us an opportunity to kind of share the message because we just we want to get this out there. We feel like we have something so great, but, you know, it's driving me nuts because I don't want it to be a, a World Cup secret. I want everybody to know about this. Um Exactly. To share it as much as possible. Absolutely. And we will definitely have that contact information in the show notes. Uh, so if you guys miss that, you didn't have your slate and stylus or whatever you take notes down with. Um, and also for, for people who know people who are blind, Absolutely. visually impaired, you know, please, please pass on this information. It's critical. It's so, so very important. Well, Billy, I've been throwing question after question to you. Um, I always like to, an opportunity for my guests to ask me a question. What would a question you want to ask Penn? Ooh, oh, flip the tables here. This is great. Um, exactly. Okay. I'll, I'll take it off um, kind of target a little bit. So sports, I'm a big sports guy. And, you know, we're in the middle of playoffs right now. Do you have a pro football team you like and who you follow? Oh. <laughs> well, I, I in Colorado, everybody knows that the the Broncos are uh, in pretty sad shape. This well, they've been in sad shape for the last few years. I I since a little I was a little girl, my dad was really um the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is baseball. Okay. <laughs> which is which is a summer sport. Um and I think just through my DNA, I also became a Dodgers fan. As it, during the winter time, I'm a skier. I love to downhill ski, and that's where my happy place is. So, um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not a big sports fan when it comes to the winter sports, but I definitely like my baseball. Well, Billy, thank you so much for um, no pun intended opening my eyes to insight and. I really hope that everybody out there in podcast world 
really pays attention to this episode because the unemployment rate and underemployment rate is still so staggering. And, you know, it's we need more programs like Insight and, and to have them grow and be more robust. And the only way we're going to do that is that we, we continue sharing the word about it. So tell, tell everybody you know. Um, Billy, is there a better way than others for people to reach out to you? to reach out to you and your team or is it to go to the website on the website it's your best bet just um awesome. insight.org and um it, it will go straight to our team and we will quickly reach out to you awesome awesome and as always if if people are having difficulties getting that that link off of the podcast notes you can reach out to ainc directly so i want to thank billy i want to thank audio information network of colorado um, I want to thank all of you for the hard work that you do on the back end on not only AfterSight, but BlindSight and also topic of the topic of the month and the new programming that's going to be coming out within the next couple of months. Um, remember, you can always donate to AINC. Just go to our website. Um, the donations, you know, help continue paying my paying, paying for me to do AfterSight along with all the other work that I that I get to do. Um, just go to aincolorado.org. Uh, we are a nonprofit. Your donations are tax deductible. And I know because we're going straight into tax season. So um, I also want to give a quick shout out to the Colorado Lions for helping AINC's White Cane Project. They're being big supporters of that. For people who are in Colorado that are in need of a cane, uh, go to our website and you can apply for a cane. Thanks, th um, thanks to AINC and the Colorado Lions. And again, that's aincolorado.org. And the most important is be kind to yourselves this week and find a way to be kind to somebody else. It's good for your soul. Billy, thank you. Thank you, Insight. And we will see you all next week.